Emerging Voices Fellowship is a literary mentorship that provides new writers the tools to launch a professional writing career. Emerging Voices is the most amazing program that allows the writers to develop. It's the opportunity to have my work in the world, to get to the truth of my writing, to know that what I'm writing matters. Dare, dare. Let's talk about your work. It's been seven months. How has your work changed or your process? How are you incorporating all of the feedback you've received? I think what's been incredible about the fellowship is people asking me questions who actually see my work. And so they're conscious about it. And so they're interrogating me in a way that I hadn't been asked before. Yeah, like, you know, when Seshu asked me to sort of put into terms like, what am I exploring and what are my poetics and what are my obsessions and how I'm cultivating that? You know, I've never been asked those questions. So that was like a great exercise for me to deepen what it is that I'm doing here and specifically with a collection. Mm -hmm. And like with Doug's class, he really like cracked me open with different types of forms and different types of prompts. And so I thought about that, like how I can apply that to, to what it is that I'm writing. Queer Desire, talking about HIV, talking about a place, you know, sort of situating myself of, as like a Southern California resident. And, and with the editing session with Neela, you know, she really saw what I was trying to do. You know, when you hear that your themes are really tight, it's like, okay, that's kind of like, I can keep going with those. You know, when someone says like, this is sort of the, this is what I'm seeing as like the backbone of your collection, then the overstructure and the understructure, and then what you can do to sort of suture all that together. Mm. It's like entering the fellowship, like I kind of had that, but it was sort of nebulous, and now it's put into sort of a concrete space as like a roadmap. Yeah. Yeah. So being seen and kind of having permission to do the thing. Totally. Hey there. Thanks for joining us for episode 10 of the Emerging Voices podcast. I am the Amanda Fletcher, fellowship manager, EV alumni, and general hostess with the mostess, or so I like to think. If you've been listening along, you know I don't usually break in like this. But we recorded these episodes in Fajr's backyard, so we struggled more than usual with the sound quality. And this is the first time I've had more than one guest, so get ready for a few awkward cuts, some strange segues, and a shorter than usual episode. What I do hope we manage to capture is the 2019 EVs talking about their fellowship experiences. They're shouting out their mentors, masterclasses, and professional editors, followed by a recommended reading list. We just heard from poet Dare Williams, and next up is short story writing novelist, Judy Choi. Okay, we're back. We had a baby break and now we're back. Uh, Judy Choi, let's talk about your work. It has been seven months. How has your work changed or your process? How are you incorporating all of the feedback you've received? Before the fellowship, I was, doing, I was writing a lot, but it was all, it felt abstract. Like the point of it was abstract. I kind of knew where I wanted to go. I had a lot of pages, but they weren't, it felt really inconsistent and really, like it wasn't, none of it was really getting me to plot or the arc of the novel that I wanted to write. But after the fellowship, I felt like, well, first of all, like my writing practice is more rigorous. I feel like I have a better sense of pacing and structure and form. So now when I write, I feel like whenever I'm writing, I'm like, how does this fit into the like, am I wasting my time? Does this 
would I use this or would I not use this realistically? You know, am I just kind of writing off the top of my head because it feels good and I feel like writing some prose or am I really actually writing a story? It's like I had to shed a lot of pages in service to the story and I had to sort of organize myself, which I'm not really good at. But yeah, I feel like the feedback's been really, really helpful. And Julia with the editing and also my mentor, Steph, helping me understand if the reader is getting, is feeling what I'm feeling when I'm writing it. Like, right. as that getting across? So that is super helpful. What about when you came in, you thought you were going to do a novel and short story? Uh-huh. What is happening now? Well, because I really want to follow the arc of one particular character, I changed it to a novel so that the reader can sort of more seamlessly follow what was happening and you're shifting point. You're still shifting points of view from chapter to chapter, section to section. How's that going to look? No, it's going to. The first half is going to be from Christopher's point of view, Got the it. main character in third person, and then the second half will be from his older sister who gets involved when things go awry. And then, how do you feel now? Like the fellowship's over, going forward. Does it feel weird? Does it feel? Yeah, it feels yeah. weird. I feel like I. I wish that it was longer like I feel like I was sort of just getting a hold of things and like where they should go and then it's like oh it's done right fellowship's done. so I if we could like, do it for a year are you in would you think that would be yeah, yeah. I think that would be really great just like throwing that in if any funders are yeah. listening um yeah, you know a year would be great because I feel like it, five to writers, ten thousand dollars would be wonderful yeah yeah in seven months like so much can change so like once you sort of like settle down to after all those changes you want a little time to sort of implement the change and go forward you know knowing with all your knowledge right in case this wasn't clear we're at the final potluck celebration for the 2019 emerging voices fellows so we have babies and dogs and airplanes and birds and wind chimes and and loads of fun all right, Anthony, tell us your story so that we can go and eat more food. Really, more than anything, it's like I learned how to like paint by numbers before I did the fellowship, and then now it's like going in interesting places. Father told me to take out all the adverbs, so I did. Adverbs, I count how many times I say when. Yeah, it's very character-driven now, so I don't know, it's more exciting to write now because it's I'm letting it go in places I didn't expect it to. And you did come into the fellowship with a lot of pages. Like, you've been shedding a lot. Yeah. Pages, right? Like, how does that feel? Yeah, James C. was, like, really helpful. Just most of our sessions are me explaining my story to him for an hour or two hours and, like, seeing if it flows schematically throughout the novel. Like, because I put my, my work in, like, a box, creative stuff has come out of it because I'm limiting to one period of time, one character. It's, like, making me invent in new ways that I haven't before. Mm. And I think that's it's a lot deeper of a work than it was before. Thank you. It's Amanda again, letting you know that this next speaker is TK Lay, a triple threat poet who makes a mean jalapeno blackberry jam. So your collection, the title of your collection has shipped a few times. And it's probably going to change for a few more times. How come? Uh, Because I think it encompasses so many themes that are related, but, you know, I I think it does encompass a lot of different, different things that are going on in my mind in terms of trauma, in terms of PTSD, in terms of gender, family dynamics, and the Vietnam War. Those things touch upon so many other things that it's really hard to find one focus, but I'm getting it. So you came in 
did you think you had a collection? How close to a collection were you? How has that shifted? I had an idea for, an, for a collection. I was like maybe a third way into it. Um, I started adding some things from the past into it to try to see if that would fit into the collection. And I just, it didn't feel exactly right. And then Vicky put it into my head that, you know, I've been writing a lot of prose. I could try prose poetry as a form. And that was at the same time I was taking the classes up. So those two influences made me sit down and think about prose poetry and this theme that I was thinking about a lot, which was durian, just like embodying a lot of things that I've been thinking through, like stench, queerness, trauma, excess, things that people don't want to talk about, but they enjoy in secret. And so you had, uh, you met with a professional editor last week. You met with Neela Banerjee from Kaya Press. Tell us how that went. It was really great. You know, another thing about sharing more of my work with the public is seeing how people see me. Mm-hmm. Um, this happened the first time in Vona when I wrote the story and both of my characters, the main characters, are genderqueer. And it wasn't exactly written in the story, but someone in my workshop pointed that out and I was like, oh my god, you saw it. I did it. Yeah. And Neela, the same, when, when she was looking through my work, she asked me a lot of questions that were like, what do you want to destroy in your work? Who asked that question? Yeah someone who really knows my work, right? I really felt like she she understood not only where I was, but where I could go. So she asked about place in my work and how I can think about place. Um, and also just like thinking about different venues where my work could speak uh, and shine. Thank you. Fajr Alexander Kanza is writing a short story collection and is about to use the final reading at the Hammer Museum as an example of growth in his work. And you'll be able to tell by my reaction that I wholeheartedly agree with his observations. Mm-hmm. versus what the class is. And, you know, in the fellowship, I'm editing stories that I wrote before the fellowship and writing new stories, so it's also hard to tell the final product and how to attribute it. And for the final reading, we said that we should read something that we wrote during the fellowship. So I did. I picked this short story that I had chopped once. And then my mentor, who's read most of the work, was like, you know, this is my favorite story. It was my favorite story. I don't know if it's a magical realism. It's, I think it's hard to tell. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when people come in with short story, there is like there's something to the work, like there's something there, and maybe there's just this this final almost like click in to make everything fit together. The true heart of the story, it needs to be developed. And to me, it was really interesting that it was like the heart was actually what you were writing about. Yeah, literal heart, which I was just like, this is like I really felt so satisfied. And you got feedback where it was like, this story should be in The New Yorker. The stories are coming together faster, yeah. even if I'm not spending as much time writing. Cool. Well, thank you all. How about we leave with a reading suggestion? Oh, TK has one. So I just finished reading America is Not the Heart by Elaine Castillo. It's so specific to a place of a suburb of, like, of a major city of San Francisco. It has so many characters that are so familiar to me, that suburban Asian American life, and it is so rooted in not meeting the Western gaze and treating trauma in this way that's not so so much to gawk at, but rather experience it with the, the main character of the story. It's femme-centric, it's queer, it's just so good. I, I highly recommend it. Thank you.
uh, doing the fellowship instead of reading some of the books I read. Uh, That's great. Vitas Nightfall's uh, <laughs> A House for Mr. Biswas. I think I'm pronouncing it right, but it was like written in the 60s. Um, it's about a, an Indian from Trinidad, and it really shows you what a novel can do because it's not about anything except for this guy trying to get a house. It's 700 pages of that, but it, it just keeps your attention the whole time. Yeah. You know? So what did you not read and read that instead? I'm kidding. I read it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have something. I really enjoyed reading Bluebird, Bluebird by Attica Locke. I loved it because there was a black te Texas Ranger protagonist, and she kind of dealt with race in this great way. It was very seamless, and it wasn't in your face, but it was there. It was always a factor, but it was not um, preachy. Just she had a really nice kind of bluesy cadence to her voice, and I love that too. And I'm right now I'm in the middle of reading Tomb of the Un Unknown Racist. The protagonist is this kind of older woman, kind of detective-ish person, and she's really smart and funny. Um, she's sober. She's bisexual. She's has a car named Nadine. And she's trying to um, solve this mystery. And it's like both of those books, I like them because they're mysteries, but it's really more about the characters. Mm. Who are, the characters are amazing. Thank you. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to... My face. <Yes. laughs> I just, I read this book again because I felt like I needed it. Um, it's Inferno by Eileen Miles. Mm -hmm. It's just this incredible, you know, it, it's a novel, but really it's more memoir. But it's just this incredible book about a poet coming to New York, coming of age, coming into their queerness, their identity, trying to navigate city life and the current politics as writer and as like a worker and laborer. Um, and I just think that it's like a real gift that they wrote that for future writers. So I always suggest that. Thank you. What do you got, Fajr? So I'm amazed that you guys are writing reading things outside of the fellowship assigned readings. That's mm -hmm. like reading a book every week mm -hmm. and writing <laughs> books on top of books. That's amazing. I have not had done that. Uh, but what I've been reading a lot is, you know, continuing to read the journals that I've subscribed to. And there's so much really good translated poetry. And I feel like the literary journals have been really focused on it. Whether, you know, the England Review did the uh, Polish uh, Poets before that, they did South African poets in animation dedicated to one, and you know, their life review did one and published the original language and the translated mm -hmm. one, which is you know, really awesome. And we were just handed a free copy of Aida Regret Moon from Kaya Press, which actually is really, it's really good. You know, the more you read it, you're like, oh, the cover and everything kind of goes together. Mm -hmm. it's, it's cool. Thank you. Okay, that's that's all we've got for the potluck 2019. Thanks, guys. Everybody say bye. Yay. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Hey there. I'm back to reiterate those reading recommendations and to close out this episode. So that was America is Not the Heart by Elaine Castillo, A House for Mr. Biswas, which is a 1961 novel by V.S. Nepal, Bluebird, Bluebird by Attica Locke, Tomb of the Unknown Racist by Blanche McCrary Boyd, and Inferno by Eileen Miles. 
Those journals publishing translated poetry Fajr mentioned are the New England Review and the Bear Life Review. And then he talks about a book of holy songs called I Even Regret Night by Lal Bihara Sharma, translated by Rajiv Mohabir, who incidentally received a Penheim Translation Fund grant for this work, which was published by Kaya Press. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Penn America's Emerging Voices Fellowship is generously supported by the California Arts Council, New Balloon and Catapult, Los Angeles County Department of Arts and Culture, Ovation TV, Pasadena Literary Alliance, UCLA Extension Writers Program, the Rosenthal Family Foundation, Jamie Wolf, and in part by a grant from the City of Los Angeles Department of Cultural Affairs. Our theme music is a song called Linen, courtesy of Tony and Joni, one of my EV cohort Johnny Alfie's side projects, so thanks to Johnny for letting us use it. I'd also like to thank all of the writers who donate their time to us through the year. The mentors, the masterclass instructors, the workshop instructors, the author evening hosts. I appreciate each and every one of you. Anything you need, ever, just to ask. All of this to say, thanks LA. Sincerely.